0: the countdown is on to fight time this is big fight weekend
1: now here is your host tj Reeves. we are back in in a brand new month as we release the big fight weekend podcast on the 4th of july weekend we have flipped the calendar independence day coming on monday We've got much to cover. We don't have a tremendous schedule of fights, but we do have a couple of interesting ones to preview and to give you maybe even a little gambling advice on a little bit later on in the show. It is great to be back with our insider, our content partner, bigfightweekend.com. Dan Rayfield is back with me. Uh, Happy 4th of July this weekend. Some fight news. You've got a great one-on-one conversation. We want to tease that with, with a former world champion who's returning to the ring. We've got, to, we've got to pay off a giveaway that we're going to be doing. We've got a lot to get to. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm ready for the holiday weekend, but I'm ready to talk some boxing with you before we get there.
1: Let's do all of that. Again, however you found us for the Big Fight Weekend uh, podcast, the preview <clears throat> podcast on the podcast feed. Make sure you're following or subscribing. Great content uh, always on this, including the preview show headed to the weekend, the fight freaks unite recap show as well. Dan and I still have got to negotiate in and around the hot dogs, the apple pie, the hamburgers, the baked beans, how we get the fight freaks unite recap show. It will be coming to you though, off the weekend, anything significant goes on. We've got it on fight freaks unite. If you're on this podcast feed, you don't need a social media prompt. You don't need to be on the website. You just will automatically get the podcast. If you're following or subscribing on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, and we are seeing metrically more and more and more of you audience wise are finding us. We say thank you again for the month of June where we saw even more growth. Again, we're up about another 20% in June. So that is fantastic as well. Keep finding us, keep following us as the important fight news and fights are happening. You want to be part of Big Fight uh, Weekend. As I mentioned, we've also, we would love for you to rate us and subscribe us, uh, not just to subscribe, but rate us and review us. And many of you have been doing that because, in part, we were prompting you to do a giveaway. So right now, uh, Dan and I are on video right now. I am holding up the Tyson Holyfield hat. So if you're listening only on the audio podcast, you can't see me holding it. But I'm putting this up as part of a social media clip that we're doing the giveaway. We asked uh, fans to rate us and review us, and we would draw one at random. I, I have gone down the list, Dan. We did a random a thing with a random number, and I came up with our winner. Our winner is the Twitter handle Homer. It's not—I don't know if it's Homer Simpson. I don't know if it's another Homer, uh, but Homer, you're going to get the hat. The Tyson Holyfield one hat is yours for rating us and reviewing us. Dan is looking at the hat. Those that are seeing us on the social media clip, you can tell Dan I've never even unfolded it to wear it. But yes, there I is can say the, hat.
0: the best part about the person that
1: wins is they get the hat that's never been on your dome. That's correct. Never been worn, no follicles, no other uh, mites or bugs or whatever. That's a big time hat. That's that's a big historical. N- November 1996, when Evander Holyfield upset Mike Tyson. You're uh, You're getting the hat, Homer. So congratulations. And again, continue to rate us and review us because you've got a July giveaway coming later in the month. Do we want to say what it's for? We've been leaving breadcrumbs for what poster it's for, Dan Rayfield. I mean, if you want, we can say it. Why don't we unveil it? Go ahead, please. What do you have oh, okay. if they rate us and review us? What do you have?
0: So you obviously came up with the, the Tyson Holyfield hat, which, by the way, as we tape this on Thursday, today is Mike Tyson's 56th birthday. So happy birthday, Mike Tyson. How about that? and ah, We're getting old. Tyson's 56. Uh, tell me about it. He is 56, but he'll always be older than me, which is good. <laughs> anyway, so you had you came up with something out of your uh, batch of stuff to give away, a cool hat from uh, Tyson versus Holyfield, one twenty five years ago. Uh, What I want to give away that I pull out of my stash, not quite that old, just a a month or two or so. Uh, I have a beautiful on-site poster from Devin Haney's undisputed lightweight championship victory against George Cambosis all the way from Melbourne, Australia. It's a pretty cool poster. And uh we'll be giving one of those away for the next uh the next contest.
1: How about that? So all they've got to do is rate and review us and then send us a screenshot, tag Dan, tag big fight weekend so that we can see that you rated us and review us um uh, in doing that. And everybody that already did that, you're eligible as well at random. We have had almost like a the folks like- that didn't. The folks that didn't
0: win the hat are
1: still correct. They're still eligible. If you have rated us and reviewed us since we started this in June, anybody that's done a June rating, let's say, and beyond, you've got a chance to win the Haney Cambosis fight poster that Dan has. This is the official fight poster, right? That they used for the promos for the fight. Absolutely. This is they're gonna get an authentic poster from the fight. This is the the real deal on-site poster. This is not
0: some knockoff, some reprint, some uh, television, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with the television version of it, but this is the authentic poster advertising uh, the, the boxing match in Australia, obviously a very big fight uh, all the way from Australia. This is historically significant as it was the first ever uh, four belt undisputed championship fight in the history of the four belt era. Not only that, by the way, those who follow history. When Haney won the fight and, and defeated George to become the undisputed champion, there had not been an undisputed lightweight champion, even going back to the three belt era, since Pernell Whitaker accomplished that great feat in 1990 uh, in a shocking manner, by the way. Those who are familiar with Pernell Whitaker know not the biggest puncher in the world, always went 12 rounds. Uh, as it turned out, when he became undisputed in his unification fight, knocked out Nizario in the first round. Highly unusual for Pernell Whitaker. How about that? So, uh, But a he, long gap yeah. between
1: Yeah, David, Devin Haney now undisputed some 32 years later, and you get the fight poster. And again, we'll do this later in July. Just go rate us, review us, take the snapshot of it, the screenshot of it. Tag us on social media. We will see it. And we'll do another random drawing just like we did for the Tyson Holyfield hat. So uh, we, love, we love that. And, and that, uh, by the way, again, helps us because more people will see the podcast. The more of you that rate and review, more people will see it on Apple Podcasts because they move us up in their rankings according to listens, according to ratings and reviews. It's kind of a combination of both. So keep helping us out because more and more of you are finding it. And we are grateful for that. Uh, We should let them in on in just a few minutes. You're going to hear from Abner Mares, former multi-division world champ, now known, obviously, in the recent couple of years as the Showtime boxing analyst with Mauro Ronaldo and Al Bernstein on Showtime Championship Boxing and Showtime's boxing pay-per-views. You had a one-on-one with Abner earlier in the week, and he's going to get back in the ring later this year in September. So I'm anxious to hear that full conversation a little bit, but just a quick tease here, Abner Mares coming up on the podcast.
0: Look, and Abner Mars has always been a fan favorite fighter, as you mentioned, uh, world champion in uh, multiple divisions, won world titles in three weight classes as a bantamweight, as a uh, junior featherweight, as a featherweight. He's going to be having this fight uh, coming back, um, I guess, technically speaking, as a lightweight. Uh, He's been out of the ring four and a half years. He's fighting Miguel Flores. It'll be September 4th. It'll be one of the undercard fights when uh, the main event goes down between the heavyweights, uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. and uh, Luis King Kong Ortiz and uh you know abner and i had a long conversation about it. i've known abner since he was a kid i've covered his entire career um i was uh, appreciative of the fact that when he when when we touched base uh he told me that you know since his comeback had been announced uh in the officially when they unveiled the cart that he had not done any interviews until deciding to speak with me we've always had a good relationship um he talked about people can listen to the interview which will play in a few minutes but um why he's coming back, what his Mm -hmm. expectations are, what he hopes to do. Um, I asked him, uh, which I always find to be very interesting. When you make that decision, how do you break that to your family and what is their thought? Because one of the things you always hear boxers say when they're asked about what their future is, I got to go home and talk to my family about it. But what's the the shoe on the other foot, so to speak, when you have to now have the conversation where you tell your wife and your kids, uh, daddy wants to come back after not fighting for four and a half years and take more punches. Uh, So he recounted uh, the uh, reactions from his children and also from his wife. Uh, look, Abner is one of the good guys, and uh, he's been a terrific fighter, um, was in some some great battles and fought lots of quality guys, won some. Only really, lost, you know, he had the, the loss to the Leo Santa Cruz, uh, which were great competitive fights in featherweight uh, world title matches, and had the one, obviously, uh, memorable knockout loss to Johnny Gonzalez that cost him his featherweight world title several years ago. But he's got a, a, a resume with a, a lot of quality wins on it also. Uh, so, yeah, Abner's coming back and uh, had a chance to talk to him in depth about it. I think people will enjoy hearing what he has to say.
1: Excellent tease there on that conversation and how do you break it to your family, uh, especially when your kids are getting bigger that you want to get back in the ring when you're when you're retired when you're already doing well with the uh, broadcasting and that kind of stuff. And by the way, again, we have an IBF World Cruiserweight Championship fight that Dan and I will be talking about later on here in the podcast, as Marius Britas defends that championship against an Australian in Australia uh in jai opataya uh opataya unbeaten but largely untested he will be the home country the home continent favorite but against a veteran that's had, had many more big time fights many more championship fights that fight saturday morning early espn plus in the u.s saturday night in broad beach australia on the gold coast of australia kind of in the northeast part of the continent on the gold coast way away from sydney um So uh, about eight hours by car from Sydney, from the capital down at the bottom of the continent. So in any event, that's where they're fighting. Uh, Dan doesn't care as long as it's a four-cornered ring. Get him in the ring. It doesn't matter where it is. If it's on Pluto, get him in the ring. But it's in Broad Beach, Australia. It'll be on Saturday. We'll be previewing that fight uh, coming up. All right, some news of the week real quick before we get to Abner Morris. Speaking of retirements, Mikey Garcia, a former multi-division world champion, former unified uh, champion at Lightweight. Uh, put on social media that he is retired, listed himself in his bio as a retired boxer. So we wrote about this on the site. You wrote about it in your Substack, and you also kind of went over some of uh, Mikey's biggest bouts. I guess the first question is, are you a bit surprised, and do you believe him at 34 years of old, uh, of age? That's it. He's not fighting anymore. What is your analysis, Dan?
0: Listen, with professional boxers, you never say never. Mikey's only 34 years old. Uh, didn't take huge amounts of punishment by any stretch in his career. Uh, you know, had a, had a tremendous career, one world championships and four weight classes, 40 wins, just the two losses, both decisions got wiped out when he jumped up two weight classes to take on and challenge Errol Spence Jr. for his welterweight title back in 2019. Uh, I always had huge respect for Mikey for having the uh, audacity, uh, the desire the dare to be great attitude. Um, you know, it was not like he was pushing that fight. He really is the one that made that fight happen because he went out there and really campaigned for it and, and sold uh, that fight really well and making it like the history that could be made, how he was desiring to try to win a title in a fifth weight class. And, uh, you know, what Errol spent at that moment, didn't really have a lot of other, you know, big time options. And so he took on the challenge and they fought in um, an AT&T stadium in Arlington, Texas, where it was a big deal. There was 35,000 people there. or So, I mean, Errol was the hometown fighter, but Mikey had huge amounts of fans there too, uh, from the Mexican and Mexican American community. Uh, I was at that fight and, uh, you know we're not a shock out wound up, but you know Errol won every single round. But I always respected Mikey for the the dare to be great attitude. Uh, the only other loss he took was last fall when he had the upset against uh, Sander Martin, uh, you know, which was a huge upset, derailed uh, you know potential other big fights where he just program was being discussed. But look, Mikey was a good fighter for a long time. A lot of people had him on the pound for pound list for a long time before he fought Errol. He was thirty nine and zero. Um, one thing about Mikey also is he he gave up two and a half years of his prime because of his principles uh, where he felt like he was in the right in terms of a contract dispute he had with top rank. They finally settled, uh, you know, but it took two and a half years. And uh, after that, when he came back, he had his biggest fights and made a tremendous amount of money, Um, not any weather money, but for a fighter of his caliber and his weight class and uh, his lack of flashiness. I don't mean in terms of skills, but in terms of like the, the, the flash and the, and the ability to generate publicity. Uh, Mikey did extremely well, well made tens of millions of dollars over the last few years in those fights. And uh, so you asked me, do I think he's for real? If there's one fighter, I think he's probably for real. I think it's Mikey Garcia. I say that because he's not a guy that does things in a rash manner. He thinks things out. Boxing has always been something he enjoyed doing. He's always been really good at it. But I recall a conversation that I had with him on the morning after he won the featherweight title from Orlando Salido, We were standing outside the New York hotel uh, after he had won that fight. And and Mikey was telling me that boxing, while he's good at it, the reason he decided to do is because he was good at it, but because he could make a lot of money. And again, he liked it, but it was a business to him. And so he was a guy that never made any dispute about it's about the money. And there's nothing wrong with that. He was a guy that did it not so much. I'm not saying he didn't love boxing, but it wasn't like he did it only for the love of boxing. He did it primarily for the money. And even though every boxer does it for the money, there is an element of love to it also. Or you wouldn't put yourself through what these athletes go through. So uh, he was a guy that, that had a good head on his shoulders when it came to that. He did it for the money. And so I think, uh, I think he really is done. And I say that also because his brother, the, the great trainer, Robert Garcia, who was also Mikey's trainer. Remember, when Robert was a world champion, the 130-pound weight class when he lost his title, he might've had one fight after that, but the bottom line was Robert retired at a very young age also went on to become a top trainer. And when he called it a day, he never came back either. So it could be something that sort of runs in the family. He saw how his brother has conducted himself post retirement. So uh, you never say never, but if I, if I had a, you know, bet on it, I guess he'd be a guy I would bet on that may, might say, I really am done. Um, he's got nothing left to prove. It's not like there's some, uh, mega fight out there that was sort of left undone. There were some fights along the way that we would have loved to see. Remember, there was a lot of conversation at one point. He would fight uh, Vasily Lomachenko when they were the two top lightweights. That never happened. That was a big, big,
1: huge disappointment. He was in the Pacquiao mix, supposedly, for a year or two, and so was everybody else, and that didn't happen either. Yeah, I mean, Mikey's a guy who he has
0: a huge amount of accomplishment. He did really well. He was a hell of a fighter. But I, I, I'd be less than honest if I didn't say, and I wrote this in my column, which folks can read on my, uh, on, my, on my newsletter, that despite the great accomplishments and everything he did and the great record and the fact that he was a good guy and, and uh, won all those world titles, I, I, I still I feel like he walks away where you wonder what could have been. And I say that because there were the two and a half years of his prime that he didn't fight. There were other fights that should have been made that didn't get made, such as the pro race fight more recently, such as the Lomachenko fight going back a few years ago, that he could have had some much bigger events over the course of his career. Now, that's not all his fault, obviously. You know, It takes more than just the, the, the desire and will of the boxer to make these events happen. But uh, you know, he, he's in a position where he's made the money. Scott, his family, they're settled. They're sat, you know, they're going to be set up for the rest of their life. Uh, there's a, probably a, a fairly decent chance that Mikey gets into the Boxing Hall of Fame down the road. Um, you know, he won titles, like I said, in four weight classes from featherweight to junior welterweight and beat some quality guys along the way, whether it was Robert Easter in a unification fight, Sergey Lipinets, which was, you know, who was undefeated. Robert Easter, when he beat him, was undefeated. Lipinets was considered a very dangerous opponent when he fought him. Uh, you know, he dropped Lipinets, he dropped Robert Easter um he scored you know Adrian Broner may not have been at his best when they fought but he whipped him uh, in what was a pretty big pay- uh, non-pay-per-view but a pretty big fight at Barclay Center um he had a spectacular knockout against uh Zlatichin when he won the lightweight title and beat some other names Rocky Martinez Juan Manuel Lopez obviously the Orlando Salido fight uh you know he he beat uh, maybe not superstar opponents but a pretty good amount of good quality fighters and uh, and, and and never really was challenged in those fights in his last win uh, right before the pandemic, which is a fight that I was at. He had a, a very exciting and, and quality victory over Jesse Vargas. We also knocked down. Um, I say good luck to him and congratulations on his retirement. It's, it's hard to walk away. 34 years old though with his health and with his uh, his wealth and, and can go on and, and do whatever else he wants to do. So good for him, good career. And
1: uh, we'll see if he decides to come back. But I, I would tend to say no. All right. Good enough and well covered on Mikey Garcia. Uh, something interesting while we're just covering news, uh, you uncovered kind of did some research, Shakur Stevenson, put it out there as well. He's going to be back in the ring. Give us more details on that. And it's a homecoming for him as well as a Newark, New Jersey native. Tell us more here on the podcast, Dan Raphael.
0: Well, Shakur, of course, is coming off uh, his career biggest victory that took place April 30th uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, terrific uh, atmosphere and a, and, a, and a brilliant performance from Shakur in just uh, knocking down and taking apart Oscar Valdez to unify the WBC title and the WBO title, uh, which is the title that Shakur went into the fight with, took Valdez's WBC belt. And so the first defense of the unified titles will be his second defense overall in the 130 pound weight class, uh, it, it top rank. And, and he and his team decided it was time to go back to Newark, where he is for, from. Uh, as I wrote in the story, when you look at Uh, Shakur's Twitter handle uh, the first thing it says in terms of his bio is Newark made Uh, you know that's where he grew up that's home uh, that's where he made himself uh, into the the person that he is and he's fought in Newark before but not since 2019 before he was uh, uh, a world champion and so now he's going back to the Newark uh, Prudential Center which is the the big arena in Newark where uh, they have uh, had other boxing events and other professional sports and he's not taking on a soft touch homecoming he's taking on uh, Robeson, uh, Contesau, uh, the Olympic, you know, Shakur was a silver medalist in the Olympics. Uh, but Consasso in a different weight class was the gold medalist for the home country of Brazil and during the Rio de Janeiro Olympics. Uh, and those who follow this know that Consasso gave Oscar Valdez the ultimate battle. Uh, Consasso came up short in that, but a lot of people thought he deserved the victory. Um, and so what is Shakur doing? He just beat Valdez. Now he's taking on the guy that a lot of people think beat Valdez before, Shakur got to him. Uh, It's an in-house fight because all of those guys are with top rank, but even barring that, Kansasawa is still one of the best contenders in the division. And uh, it's, it's a real solid fight between, you know, a fighter, I think, and I'm not alone, by the way, that someday we're going to be having a conversation on, on these types of podcasts where uh, is Shakur Stevenson, the best fighter in boxing pound for pound, if not, who is Uh, he's, he's on that trajectory, but Kansasawa is a very solid, very quality, uh, skillful technician. and, and a, and a good boxer himself. And it should, I don't know if it's going to be the most exciting fight in the world, but I know that it's going to be a lot of boxing science in the ring that night. All
1: right. Good to have him back in action later yeah. on. And again, of course we've been, uh, that's September. That. I think it's September 23rd, September if I'm not 23rd in the football season. They'll put that in around. And I believe you reported it's going to be on ESPN. If not, it will be probably on ESPN plus. Well, it would be a pay-per-view, but we'll see what no, they no, end no, up no. doing on the platform. Would you stop at pay-per-view? That's
0: not a pay-per-view. It's, it's definitely an ESPN platform. Whether it's plus or regular ESPN, that's to be determined, and I'm sure. Keep in
1: mind, once we get to September, college football rules with ESPN, and it becomes more complicated on how big is the fight for when they can stick it on ESPN as part of the top rank deal. One thing, if you you haven't noticed,
0: in in the spring and the summer, most of the top rank events are on regular ESPN, as well as they're all simulcast on ESPN plus. When they get to the football season with all that college action. Uh, come the fall time that's when they kick in with a lot of their ESPN plus only events so that's the way they've been doing it now with a a fighter of the magnitude of a Shakur Stevenson there's probably a pretty good likelihood that they'll go on regular ESPN and just slot it after you know one of the big major college football games but until the Shakur put it out on his own social media that he is fighting I have confirmed that of course with top rank but until they put out the official announcement which unveils the particulars of the start time and which platform it is on uh We don't know exactly, but you can 100% know it will be a ESPN platform, just depends on which one
1: good on that all right another news item before we hear from abner marez uh here we go again uh yogi berra you're a yogi you're a a yankee guy and a yogi guy deja vu all over again (laughs) uh jake paul tommy fury is it happening or not tommy fury did not come to the united states apparently was trying to come but was not allowed to come to the united states for the press conference that was going to kickstart the promotion here for the august 6th pay-per-view speaking of pay-per-view from showtime at madison square garden all right get fill in the blanks because there's some meat on the bone here and are we looking at deja vu where jake paul needs another opponent because it's not going to be tommy fury what are your takes what do you think
0: it feels like tommy fury just for whatever reason is not going to do this fight or doesn't want to do the fight you know maybe i'll be wrong they were supposed to fight last fall tommy claimed he had some kind of injury or a, a chest infection or whatever and pulled out of the fight on short notice. They ended up replacing him uh, with Tyron Woodley, who fought Jake in the rematch. And Jake Paul obviously scored that Titanic knockout. Uh, but then they rescheduled the, the, the fight with Tommy Fury because Tommy, Jake was looking for a summer opponent. Tommy had won uh, a fight on the undercard of uh, his uh, half-brother Tyson Fury's title defense in April against uh, Dillian White. And they, they put the fight back together. They set it up for August the 6th, Madison Square Garden, uh, on Showtime pay-per-view with Amanda Serrano defending her women's uh, unified featherweight titles and the co-feature try to make a big event out of it they were supposed to have like you said the press conference was supposed to be earlier this week and uh tommy was not permitted to board that flight and made a video on instagram uh it, it was confirmed by the people uh, with uh mvp promotions which is jake's promotional company as well as for showtime that he could not come here for the press conference and that they were endeavoring to try to get that situation squared away uh jake paul claims Uh, On his social media, that Tommy Fury has been told just go to the embassy, get your visa, and you shouldn't have a problem. And apparently, he has declined to do that. I'm not really sure what the truth is. I just know this Uh, he wasn't allowed to come to the United States. And the speculation is, and I don't know this for sure, but you got to be an idiot if you don't understand what's going on here. Uh, The United States government put a bounty uh, on Daniel Kinahan, $5 million, and sanctioned him and many of his associates. And in doing so, they put hundreds of people with supposed uh, associations with those people on a ban list that they were not permitted to come to the United States. Kenan, of course, is the the, the boxing manager advisor with a, who had a lot of power at one point. With, you know, was involved with MTK promotions, but also a purported crime boss, a mafia right. king, a, a a narco terrorist, a guy that's you know accused of laundering money and of having people murdered and of of, uh, trafficking drugs all over the world. And obviously those are big issues. And the point is, Tommy Fury has not necessarily been known to be his associate. But Tyson Fury, that was his guy. That was his advisor. I mean, no one even makes a secret about it. Tyson has refused to distance himself or to discuss it in recent times. There have been uh, rumors that at one point in the last couple of weeks that Tyson Fury was barred from entering the United States. For what it's worth, I'm told that's not accurate but I don't know for sure, but the let bottom line is-
1: Let me interject, his father, John Fury, and we could go on and on about this. His father, John Fury, apparently isn't allowed to come to the United States anyway, but his father, John Fury, put it out there, himself, Tyson was trying to come to New York to be part of the top-ranked boxing show with the Better Be of Joe Smith fight. John Fury, out of his own mouth, said this, and that they barred him from being able, the United States government, to fly back to the United States right now because Kennahan is still not apprehended. How true is that? I don't know. But that's John Fury saying that. And John Fury hinted that the Tommy Fury fight could be in trouble because none of them are going to be allowed to come over with him to be able to help train him or help him get ready for the fight or blah, blah, blah. Okay, can I ask it this way? Is he just yanking Jake Paul's chain? What I can't understand is why would you go to the trouble the second time Tommy Fury to agree to this, to have them promote it, and then not show up uh, yeah, of that, your looks, own doing that's that just what to the me motive is
0: that is just nonsense because everybody involved showtime mvp promotions the fury team they should have known yes or no before they ever made the deal or announced the fight can you get here for the fight it's one mm-hmm. thing to sign a contract but if you can't get into the country because the government won't let you they don't care about a boxing match and right. i'm telling you showtime is concerned about it and you know, look, it's not the biggest fight on in the, the world. On just speculate, is
1: he, is he yanking Jake Paul's chain? What's your guess? We don't know I don't that. Know the he answer. yanking I his know, chain and doesn't want to really fight him? I can't answer
0: that. I know this. He's not allowed to come to the United States presently. So I don't know if, I, I mean, I'm not going to accuse him of not being willing to fight the guy. Right. But if you can't get on an airplane and come to the location where you're supposed to be for a news conference, which would then throw uh, doubt into whether you could come here for the actual fight, that's a problem. They need to get this stuff ironed out. There you go. Not, we have, we have five
1: phone weeks phone. before it's happening. They and they can't. They can't come back with Tyron Woodley a third time. No, thank you. No one cares. That's not a pay per view. So, I actually texted
0: somebody at Showtime about that, yes. and we were talking about that. And I was assured that it will not be Tyron Woodley three.
1: Right. So they got to come up with somebody if it's not him, and you got to start that promotion if it's not him. So I would have to think coming off the July 4th holiday, what do we know? I'm in the cheap seats. You're closer to it. They got to have an answer on can he get to the United States to start this and fight? If not, we're moving on to another opponent.
0: Can I just say this?
1: Yeah.
0: Life's too short for us to have this conversation for this long about Jake Paul and Tyron and, uh, and Tommy Fury.
1: Well done. Let's move on. You actually talked with somebody that has done something in the ring, unlike Tommy Fury of accomplishment, multi-time world championships. How about that for a segue? Abner Mares, a one-on-one conversation with Dan on his return to the ring. Uh, They cover many different uh, subjects in this conversation as Dan spoke with him earlier in the week. All right, everybody. I want to bring in my guest now for the podcast
0: a name we haven't heard much about in the ring. We hear more about him outside the ring as a commentator on Showtime, but it is none other than the former three-division world champion Abner Mars, who surprisingly to me and maybe to lots of other people also announced he is coming back to the ring to fight once again uh, after a -a four-and-a-half-year layoff. He'll be back September 4th taking on Miguel Flores at the Crypto Arena in Los Angeles, the former Staples Center, on the undercard of the heavyweight fight between the former heavyweight champion Andy Ruiz Jr. and the longtime contender Luis King Kong Ortiz on the Fox pay-per-view. And uh, Abner, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it, and uh, welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Dan. I'm happy to be here and thank you for the introduction. And uh, I'm I'm really happy. I'm really happy. Um, I'm uh, excited about this. And as much as you guys are surprised, I think now I'm not so much surprised. I'm just happy. You know, I'm just happy about the opportunity given given to me to to make a comeback.
0: So I have to ask, I mean, as I mentioned in the introduction, most of us uh, boxing fans and viewers and know who follow, you know, you're still in our consciousness, like, you know, more so maybe than when you were active, because we see you on television every few weeks doing the commentary on Showtime uh, for a lot of their, you know, all their big fights. And they've had such a great schedule over the last several months. So we're seeing you and hearing you often. So I wonder, uh, since you're at ringside all the time doing the fights, what was the motivation uh, for you to actually now get jump back into the other side of the ring, get back into the ring to be an active participant.
2: Um, just that, really. I mean, just being part of it, uh, being in every single, well, most of the big, you know, big fights, ringside calling the fights, and, and especially in my weight class, you know, it's a, it's a really packed, exciting division. We're talking about the one thirty, 130, one thirty five pound division, and and that really motivated me to. Um, to really come back and 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 you know and i'm not gonna sugarcoat it. there's some fighters that you look at you know myself and i'd be like man i can beat this guy <laughs> you know <laughs> why not give it another try and that's just me being real and um you know um and i'm just happy that i'm i'm giving the uh the, the opportunity once again uh and it was just not given to me either i want to clarify that i did have to go through all types of uh procedures and uh and i'm talking because obviously there was mixed emotions about my combat people you know some people concerned about my health we yeah. all know about my eye injury mm-hmm. and some people are just you know hey what is america doing back you know after four years like well you know um i love the sport and it's giving me, they're giving me the opportunity to come back and i'm gonna take it so you- uh, but so so i did have to go through a lot of um observations i went through different doctors and uh to to, in order for me to get my uh my my license
0: this is with the california commission correct
2: correct with the california commission yeah we uh, had a whole meeting uh we had a whole uh, um what do you call it um we had to go through a a, you know a long procedure um, like they do medical
0: tests do they come out to the gym and watch you spar to make sure things are good and that sort of thing
2: Exactly, exactly. And not only that, they sent me to their own personal, uh, commissioner, doctor, uh, retina specialist who had to give me the green light. You know, they, they would not just take my doctors, you know, my ophthalmologist. Um, okay. They, you know, they, they made sure, made sure things were right. Well, I mean, the, and, and they did.
0: Yeah, the California Commission, they run a pretty tight ship. I've been covering them mm-hmm. a long time. I know Andy Foster and that whole crew over there, they, I think exactly. they do an excellent job. So, obviously, this is not something that was just sort of born out of like, you woke up no. and said, I'm coming back. So, can you just no. take me back to when, you know, because it's been four and a half years. I mean, and for those who don't right. remember, the last fight that you had was an outstanding fight. Um, you know, you lost the decision, but it was a hell of a fight. The rematch you had with Leo Santa Cruz for the uh, in one of the for the WBA featherweight world title that was 2018 at what was uh-huh. then Staples Center. You'll be fighting in the same building now, just with a different name. Um, so, at what point though, over these last four and a half years or so, did you think about coming back? And I, you know, you never announced your retirement, right. so it was never like official. You said you're retiring. You just sort of like you. Like lots of normal people, you segued into some other role with your Showtime uh, job and that sort of stuff. So at what point did this become a thing in your mind, like, I'm going to give this another go?
2: Well, okay, so, yeah, that was my last fight against Leo Santa Cruz. But let's not forget that I was going to fight Tank Davis, and I did do a, a whole training camp. Uh, I got injured a week before, I think, or two weeks before the fight. So I did do a whole training camp for that fight. Now, how long
0: uh, ago? Was that's got to 20... be a couple years ago. Also, that was
2: 2019. Right? Yeah. yeah, okay. That was 2019. Um, and um, so, to answer your question about what made me come back and what what triggered it, I mean, this whole time I've been wanting to, but I did not just want to rush into. Um, I mean, there was the feeling. I mean, I'm oh yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I wish I could, uh, but i didn't have the you know the the it wasn't satisfying going to the gym i would try it i'll go for a week and i'm like nah, i don't like it and then you know i was already working for showtime and i'm like i got a good job i'm doing good i'm like it it wasn't until like i can't remember what fight exactly um it, it was definitely one of tanks fights And I was watching him, and I'm like, man, I was going to fight this guy. And, you know, here he is. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm I'm looking for an opportunity to fight tech. I'm just saying that that's what triggered it. Right. So it must have been before
0: the Romero fight because that just happened a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know.
2: It was definitely right before the Romero fight, yeah. Yeah, it was way before that. So, Um, And so that was triggered. And, and, you know, I asked right away. I called Andy. I called all the people that I had to call. And I said, hey, I want to make a comeback. So, again, it was a process. It, it was since last year, it has been, uh, because it, it took uh, almost a whole year for them to, to approve me. So maybe you
0: were watching not, Barrios or Isaac Cruz. It was
2: Barrios. I think it was Barrios. Okay. I'm going to lie. I think it was Barrios.
0: And, you, of course, you know, Javante had knocked out Leo, who had yes. been your opponent. Yes. No, in, in no, no, no.
2: It was definitely not that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it was a Barrios fight, and um, – you know, it was just it was that, and then I had the feeling again. You know, I had the, the the the. I was just happy to be back in the gym. I, I I have not left my the the boxing gym, and and if you were to see me in person, and I'm going to show that. And at the press conference, for a thirty six years six year old guy that's been out for four years, the body that I have. Dan, it's 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 it is it's a guy that's been in
0: the gym this this whole time. And well, I, you one know, thing and was on. going on. Even when you were an active boxer before you had this long layoff, you were never a guy known to not come to your uh, fights or your camps in good condition. I mean, you're right. always in good shape and and making weight and that sort of thing. Um, no,
2: I'm always strict it, about that. And even even more now that, you know, I got a fight coming up, believe me.
0: Was this just sort of like uh, an, an itch that you had to scratch? That's the term I hear from a lot of fighters.
2: Exactly. That, yes, yes, that yes. Uh, you know, obviously you're going to get the, the the comments about, oh, he's coming back for the money or he's coming back this and that. Well, there's obvious reasons, you know, that, you know, you do, nobody works for free. Right. You know, yeah, that's that's a plus, you know, we're making money. But at the same time, these fights, the next what two, whatever I do, three, one, whatever it is, I, I'm really just going to enjoy myself. Well, I'm you're just gonna uh,
0: also myself. you're also not uh, unlike lots of boxers that may have the desire to come back after a long layoff, where perhaps it is financially motivated at least in part. Right. You have a steady right. job. You may not be making the kind of money at Showtime yes. that you made when you had one title fight in a year or two in a year, where you're making you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in one night, or maybe Nine. even seven figures in one night. But you still have steady work, and the money's still going into the bank account. So. Oh,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm blessed, Dan. And even even now, before we even got this call, I mean, the reason I kind of kept you on hold, you know, I was signing some papers because because I, I'm i I'm into buying property. You know, gotcha. I just signed a—I just bought a nice property uh, for, you know, it's actually uh, apartments. So that's what I do. And, you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And honestly, despite I'm doing it for me— for, 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 for uh, be, the satisfaction of coming back. And not only that, that then you got to understand, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of athletes that do not get this check second chance to come back and fight or do whatever they'd like and, and love. And me, it's given to me, and I'm going to do it. And this is all for them, too, because they're going to see themselves there. You know i mean who gets an opportunity like this so i'm definitely not taking it for granted i'm training my butt off and and i'm known to be one of those fighters that you know leaves it all in the ring and believe me this whole time people are going crazy because they they know what what to expect from Mars when he steps in the ring well you mentioned about it's it's been four years and every every single day there's no day dan that i would walk out of my house and people, hey, Chad, why are you coming back? Chad, what are you fighting? <laughs> like, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's overwhelming. It's
0: really nice. So you said, like, you don't know if one fight, three fights, two fights, whatever. And that gives me the impression that, at least at the moment, you're, you're in, I won't say you're in it for the long haul, let's say, but certainly more than just right. this one fight. Can you uh, give me your characterization of, is this a long-term thing where the, the end right. result is another world championship or another world championship <laughs> opportunity? Or is it just well, two, three fights yeah. and let's see how I feel?
2: This is this is exactly what's how it's gonna go. Depending on how I do, how I look, this next fight is gonna determine everything else. Let's just leave it at that. Because I mean, I'm, let's just be real, and I'm just a, a guy that's honest with myself and my body and and everything. If I do not look presentable, if I don't look good in this fight, mm-hmm. I, I you know what well, what's the purpose then? You know, right. Why, why am I going to put myself in, in a dangerous position here? But if you see an Abner Marty that's, oh, my God, you know, this guy's been gone for four years, really? You know, gives you that type of satisfaction after the fight, then, you know, we'll go for another one. And, you know, only time will tell and, you know, fights, you know, wins will tell you. So I can't tell you I'm. Chasing for now, I'm not chasing no world title fight. Right. I'm just going in, and, and you know, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, I do know that, uh, and it's not the same thing because you're a smaller fighter. But Vitali Klitschko was a heavyweight champion. He retired for four and a half years because of injuries. Mm-hmm. He came back in his first fight back, and he fought for the WBC heavyweight championship, and he knocked right. out Samuel Peter, and never looked like he missed a day in the four and a half years. So it is not impossible for a fighter to come back after that layoff. Obviously, you look, and there's a difference between heavyweights and uh, you know fighters who are in the smaller weight classes. My right. understanding, by the way, is that your fight that you have with uh, Miguel Flores it is a junior lightweight fight, 130 pound fight.
2: It's a 135.
0: 135. So you're going to fight at the lightweight division. Yes. And you've never fought above uh, 126, to my knowledge. Um, 26, How is that in terms of...
2: Let's let's be honest. He's not also a 135-pounder. Correct. He's a a 126-pounder. So, I mean, we, we, we know where we're getting ourselves into.
0: But how do you feel in terms of, like, fighting at that heavyweight. Because, listen, when you were first a world champion as a Bantamweight, obviously as right. a junior featherweight, and then also as a featherweight, and right. I, when they announced well, it, they announced it as a junior right. lightweight fight, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to fight this, and you know maybe he'll try for a title there, maybe right. you know just get the rust off and well, go back to featherweight.
2: Right. Exactly. And we'll see. I mean, this this it's also be honest to ourselves. I mean, this I'm a man that's been out for four years. I've been off and on in the gym. I do keep myself uh, you know, um uh, busy with that. But I'm not gonna force my body into a weight class yet, you know, just just because I should be in that weight class. Now we you know it's a process. So obviously I'm not gonna kill my body to to go down to one twenty six or one thirty now. Yeah. If, if if I'm giving a fight fight at one thirty five against a fighter that's also a one twenty six pound or one thirty pound or whatever you want to call them, to fight at my weight class at this weight class, I mean, why not? You
0: know. So tell me about um, when you when you make the decision to make the comeback. Obviously, you have to rely on uh, the folks that are involved, whether it's you know the PBC people, TGB promotions. Right. Where you know they have to come up with an appropriate opponent. That's you know matchmaking right, is a, such a critical yes. thing. So I look at your opponent. It's it's Miguel Flores. Uh, he's twenty five and four with twelve knockouts, uh, and he you know he's got some experience. You know he's got some losses. hasn't fought the most uh, known or top level opposition in terms of his wins. But he's also lost to Leo Santa Cruz. He lost to Eduardo Ramirez. He lost to Chris Avalos. You know who fought for a world championship. In other words, uh-huh. it seems like like. It, it, they're not giving you like a tomato can, but they're also obviously not matching you with a uh, you know one of the mm. top contenders. What is your impression of that type of matchmaking for your comeback? Obviously, it's a great opportunity for Miguel Flores to take on a name like yourself, uh, you know, in this type of fight. What do you think about that 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 matchmaking element of
2: it? What do I think about the whole matchmaking element? Yeah, you know, uh, about, they, yeah about... I mean, I mean, that's a that's a, that's a company. And that's a promotion company and management or advisor that is taking care of the fighter I mean what why would I put myself in a position where after four years I'm like who, what am I trying to prove who am I trying to you know right um, like why would I come back and say I want a tank Davis fighter right why would I want a uh, you know another world champion uh 126 Fulton you know something like that no that's I mean because I'm not chasing that I'm not chasing like I don't want, I don't want that. Right now I want to just give me like the satisfaction of coming back. Giving my people, my fans here in California a, a great show. My name, Avon Mars, people know. Like just giving my that that satisfaction. And if P V C my company can give me a name that is not no easy push and after four years, believe me, no no fight is easy. Right, right. <laughs> no fight is gonna be easy. Um, you know, I accommodate that, you know, well let's let's do it. Again, it's it's no easy fight and, and Miguel Flores, you know, is is um He's no pushover
0: so the title the title aspirations are not there at the moment but if you look good if you win if you feel good maybe a couple of fights down the road you might have those aspirations correct
2: correct okay that is exactly how it is
0: so when you had to make the decision to do this and went through all the the medical testing and 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 uh, and the stuff with the commission how did you break it or or have the conversation with your family i know you have a wife you've got children i mean they yeah. obviously i'm sure they're going to be uh maybe they're concerned maybe they're happy maybe they're not happy how did that go right. in terms of like the conversation because you always hear Abner, every fighter ever you know i got to go home and talk to my family about it whatever their next move right. is going to be. so you didn't just make the decision on your own you have uh people in your family that that uh right. you're going to re- present this to and, and get an opinion mm-hmm. on. how'd they take it what was their thought
2: um the kids were excited you know the kids were excited. My wife, uh, not so much. <laughs> My wife was, you know, she was the, you know, she's like, you know, why, <laughs> why don't, babe? Like, you know, you got a job, steady job now. You know, you, you got, we got other things going. She, her herself, she owns a makeup. I'm uh, uh, sorry, um, stores. Right. She's got her own cosmetic, you know, company going. So, um, and but once you explain to your loved one why you're coming back to passion the love and all that those aspects i mean they truly just understand you know um so eventually so, you, you have to like do so, a little
0: arm twisting with your wife then a little like
2: not so much an arm twisting just you know making her understand why you know the reasons you... A- and uh, you know she she understood and she she's always been there 100 percent, all my life i've been married 17 years so she's been here my whole career and uh, and and even more now, you know, she's she's behind me, and um, and I'm I'm doing this not for them, not for the audience. I'm doing this for me.
0: And when you made that decision, did you at any point have a conversation with anybody at Showtime to explain this to to them that you know, hey, I might have to miss a show in camp, or you know, it's not on Showtime, even though it's right. TV right. Says. I did not just rush into
2: all this again, you know, and I want to make that clear. There, there's obviously the. Uh, I planned all of it. You know, I talked to my family, talked to the commission. The commission, since it was since, since last year, I want to be honest, since last year, this whole process has been working. But, uh, you know, with PVC, with Al, and, and I've, of course with Steven Espinosa with the whole show time, like, hey, there's a possibility, possibility I might come back. You know, I hope that, you know, if there's that opportunity, I can miss a couple of shows, you know, so I can be ready. And I mean, they're, they're all just great, man. It's a big. Big family there, great people, and I have not. I have been treated nothing but, but with almost respect and, and uh, professionalism, and and they're okay with it, so okay. they, they got my back.
0: Well, obviously, they know Abner Morris as the broadcaster, but they certainly know Abner Morris as the boxer because uh, most of your biggest fights were on Showtime, and I'm looking at the yeah. list of, like, a, you know, you don't win titles in three-way classes usually and not have to fight some tough opponents. I mean... T- Beat Darchini in two two fights, uh, wins over Agbeco, Eric Morel, and Selmo Moreno, Daniel Ponce de Leon, Jesus Cuellar. Obviously, the two fights highly competitive, despite losses to Leo Santa Cruz. Uh, we all know about what happened with uh, Johnny Gonzalez in the in the in the title loss. Uh, mm-hmm. but you fought a lot of top guys, so uh, I don't think anybody's gonna gonna begrudge you uh, if you're coming back after all that kind of uh, success uh, in your Thank career. You. Um, I assume that once this is over, your intention is to still continue to do the commentary. I mean that seems to be something. Oh yeah. You You'll
2: see me next next weekend. I'll be in San Antonio. Okay. I'm still covering that fight, you know, Vargas and uh what is it? Uh Apodalev. Um I'm also doing, you know, I'm still doing the Danny Garcia Benavidez fight. Uh, probably my last fight with Showtime before I really get into uh Camp will be um the uh the the uh, uh Paul Jake Paul Jake fight. Paul and Tommy Fury. Yeah. And who, Tommy Fury Kirk,
0: who's going to train you for this fight?
2: I am training at Manny Robles' gym, but I am not training with Manny. I'm training with his assistant, who is Edgar. I don't know his last name. He's better known as Estraita. Got you, so, Edgar. Yeah.
0: So and everything and, and things are going well, and same, smooth.
2: Same conditioning coach. Um, same same circle. Same team.
0: Well, I mean, if you've been uh, fighting with the same. Promotion and, and networks for the longest yeah. time and married seventeen years. You know you're not a guy that's uh, making you know crazy right. long changes. I no, guess.
2: no, and I, I was intending to uh, going back to Ro- with Robert at Rgba, but you know uh, I saw that he's over there and with with um, Anthony.
0: Yep, Anthony Joshua, Joshua,
2: and obviously that's that's big for him. We actually had this talk, and you know it was I understood and he understood. So I mean, if anything. Things go work go good, go good. I might I might be back with them, but as far as now, I mean that that was my first option for
0: sure. Well, I'm sure Probably. that I would uh, speak for all boxing fans and and people that have enjoyed your career that we wish you nothing but the best of success in the comeback September fourth on the uh, Andy Ruiz Luis Ortiz undercard. Abner, best of luck to you, my man.
2: Thank you, thank you, Dan. I really appreciate this
1: fascinating stuff you began at the beginning of the podcast before we even aired the interview saying you got to go explain it to your family you got to understand it give me your opinion now having talked to him and heard him give you those answers why did did he just miss it this much is it the losses at the end that are eating at him why 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 when you've got a comfortable tv gig that keeps you around the sport give me your educated opinion why is abner mares coming back well, he, he spoke about it. I mean, it's, I think it's twofold. One is because he's around the
0: fights, he watched uh, a recent Gervonta Davis fight, which is a guy, remember, he may have been out of the ring four and a half years, but he was supposed to fight Gervonta Davis at one point, not that long ago. And that was uh, called off because of his own uh, injury situation. And But he's seen the types of guys that Gervonta was fighting. And while he's not angling to come back to fight Trevante, he just was like, ah, man, I can't believe I didn't get that opportunity. So it's sort of like he feels like there's some unfinished business, not with Davis, but just with his own career, uh, because he is coming off of a very close uh, competitive loss to Leo Santa Cruz back in 2018. So from that standpoint, he did miss it. But, you know, I, I hear him when he says in the interview, I'm doing this for me. He's not talking about championships. You know, if he if he wins and he looks good, that may come in the future. Uh, but he says he's not going to even think about that or make that assessment until he sees how things go for him on, uh, uh, September 4th that let's get this one out of the way. Let's see how I look. Let's see how I feel. Um, he was very appreciative to the people at Showtime that that kind of gave him the slack to do this. If he needs to miss a show or two, not a problem. Uh, very, uh, uh holds all those folks. Uh, Steve Espinosa, Gordon Hall and the whole crew over there in very high regard. And, uh, look, you know, I don't necessarily endorse guys coming out of retirement. Uh, But in the case of Abner, he's still young enough. He hasn't taken any punishment for a long time. He went through, as he explained in detail, a lot of things with the California Commission who are extremely careful about how they go about this. They came and watched him in the gym. He went through extra medical uh, examinations before they were going to give him a license. So he's done all of his due diligence there. I wish him the best of luck. He's always been a
1: stand-up guy in my mind and been a hell of a fighter for a long time. Well said he's very he's entertaining with uh, Mauro Ronaldo and Al Bernstein and he has grown some as a broadcaster you get good stuff from him on the analysis Uh, but sometimes these guys get around it like you said and the fire gets relit and you were talking at the beginning of the podcast about Mikey Garcia he's dabbled some on the DAZN broadcasting maybe you get around it the fire gets relit and you're back in the ring. And that'll be the case for Mares later in the year. Speaking of in the ring, it is a preview show. After all, we do have a couple of fights worth previewing. We will do that in just a moment as we rock on.
0: We're back on Big Fight Weekend.
1: Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Back in once more. Again, uh, for everybody, enjoy the 4th of July weekend Independence Day. Uh, We wanted to come your way with a preview podcast. We will have a Fight Freaks Unite recap. Dan and I will figure out how and when and where we get that done with the holiday coming on Monday. Uh, But we're always here in the preview mode on Fridays as best we can be to get you ready for the weekend. Uh, A lot of great stuff on this podcast each and every week. Again, more and more of you are finding us. We appreciate that. And this is what it's all about, where we get into the preview mode. So a couple of bouts of interest. One of them is an IBF World Cruiserweight Championship fight uh, with Marius Breedis defending his IBF title. Jai Opatia is the fighter's name from Australia. Not well-known, especially outside of that continent. He's only fought in Australia, but is 21-0, kind of the up-and-comer, much younger than Breedis. All right, so I've laid it out there, Dan, 12-round IBF world title, latest defense. Britus has not been the most active of champions, only about once a year. Kind of the Gary Russell uh, thing, to bring it back to the Gary Russell Jr., the featherweight, you know, once a year, once every 14, 16 months. So it's been once a year for Bredis, uh here over the course of the last three years. The COVID-19 pandemic had something to do with that as well in twenty twenty. He's back, thirty-seven years of age. The fight in Australia. Your thoughts in the preview mode, please. You know, Myrus Brades has established himself as the number one cruiserweight
0: in the world. He has fought a litany of quality opponents: uh, Dordicos with a win, Glowaski, former champion with a win, uh, Noel Gavor with a win, uh, Mike Perez, Marco Hook, excellent victory, Dora Dolog, great puncher. His only loss of his career. Came in a majority decision, very close fight in the World Boxing Super Series to Alexander Usyk, who went Uh on to become the undisputed champ. We've heard of
1: him, yeah.
0: And then moved up and became the unified heavyweight champ when he beat uh, Anthony Joshua last year. So this is not a guy that is not unaccomplished. And even though he may be a little bit older, uh, thirty-seven years old, ten years older than Obataya, Obataya has, and it doesn't mean he's not good. But based on his track record, what he's done so far he doesn't deserve this title shot. Number one, because not cause he's not good. I don't know if he's good or not. Cause he hasn't ever fought anybody. He's literally fought <laughs> like, I mean, a collection of absolute nobodies through his career. And uh, you know, I can't blame Bradis for going down, uh, down under to, to grab a payday and yep. and defend the title. It's not like he's not going to not fight. Uh, he is a guy that was certainly victimized by the pandemic. You know, he had three fights in 2018 limited to the one fight in, uh, in 2019 one fight in 2020 and one fight in 2021, uh, which is not unusual. A lot of fighters at the top level were in a similar situation, so I don't think it's a matter of uh, his desire to not fight or or things along those lines. This really was a, a, a pandemic situation. And we
1: should mention this fight's been delayed a couple of times, this fight Correct. with Opataya, so elaborate on that. Well, he had – it was originally
0: scheduled, and then Bradus had a back out because of uh, his own uh, having come down with COVID, and then they rescheduled it. And when it was rescheduled, soon before that occurred, you had Obataya suffering a rib injury, which necessitated the fight to be rescheduled uh, for this weekend. So uh, they both had their own physical issues in terms of illness and injury. Uh, but now it's on. Uh, they'll do it on Saturday, uh, 5 a.m. stream time in the United States on ESPN+. Plus. That'll be Saturday night in Australia. And, and it's, uh, you know, on a holiday weekend with, where there's usually no American boxing, uh, given the holiday, Uh, At least if you're interested in the world championship level fights and Bredis is the number one cruiserweight out there ring magazine champion and defending the IBF title against an undefeated opponent 10 years younger than him 21 and 0 with 17 knockouts. Um, Why not either get up early and watch it or wake up
1: on your own and check it out on demand. There you go on that. Good plug. Another plug, by the way, we have already done the bet U S boxing show because of the independence day weekend. Typically that would be out on Friday afternoon. You and I have already done that and you and I actually slightly disagree here. We have we different did. fighters. You think that Bradis wins this by decision. I'm just taking uh opataya by, by victory, any means necessary. Uh, you just like to be contrary. I'm not just being contrarian. I think there's another thing that I didn't get into on the Bet US show. You and I both know there have been fishy things before in home countries with whatever that Jeff Horn decision with Manny Pacquiao still sticks out in Australia. I didn't think Horn won that fight. Judges get influenced by the home guy scoring punches <clears> and the crowd cheering. There could be an influence here. If Opatia is doing stuff, there could be some influence Uh, here. I just like him to win. I don't know that it's a knockout or decision. I like him to win. We'll see what happens on that. And another plug catch the bet us show where we go more in depth into this fight on bet us tv the bet us youtube channel we're typically there fridays live we did it thursday this week it's right there on youtube you can watch that preview and hear on twitter also the on this and it's also on on twitter under bet us tv and on on your twitter <clears> and mine and the big fight weekend twitter as well we're sharing that out but they can enjoy more debate about that and i've been i've been brushing up on my australian geography although i've not been you've had you been to cover a world title fight in australia i've never asked you that have you been down under I have not have not. And I've never been there either. But I did look up that where they're having this in Broad Beach, Australia. I'm not sure that's not Bell's Beach from the famous point break scene with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Are you feeling me on the surfing movie where they're robbing the banks? That's Bell's Beach, Australia. This is Broad Beach, Australia. And Broad Beach is eight hours by car north of Sydney. So as you visualize it, Sydney's at the bottom of the continent. Broad Beach is all the way up the northeast part of the Gold Coast of the continent. That's where they're having this title fight. So we got, I don't know what kind of crowd they're going to have. I don't know how raucous they're going to be. We'll find out. Well, we got boxing and we got geography class. Yes, we do. Geography and Point Break, a <clears throat> phenomenal movie with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. The second one, the remake where they did it again in the present day, horrible. Blasphemy. Should have never done that. I'm just sharing that with you. Uh, Should have left the first one alone. But I mean, the classic line, I mean, Swayze the, has apparently gotten away with all the bank robberies, but Keanu Reeves chases him down. I'm not spoiling the movie for anybody. The movie's 30 years old. But the best line is the uh, the authorities in Australia are coming to arrest uh, Swayze's character, Bodie, and he's out surfing one more time in the typhoon in the wildest waves of the last 50 years. And the one guy yells, well, get him when he comes back in. And Keanu Reeves looks at him and says, he's not coming back. He knows he's going to die out there in the surf. It's just, it's like in boxing. It's like that moment with Manny Pacquiao being on the canvas and Roy Jones says, what? He's not getting up, Jim. He's not getting up. Same kind of thing. He's not coming back. He's not coming. We'll see if Opatia can deliver. Where was I? Oh, yes. So that fight is Saturday morning. Broad <laughs> Beach, Australia is where they have it. I have no idea if this will be a loud environment or not, but you would have to think if the Australian does anything, they'll be cheering for him. But you make one more good point. You said it on the Bet US show. Uh, Bredas has has fought not only in Latvia, his home country, he's fought in Germany, he's fought in the United States, he's fought in Russia, now he's fighting in Australia. Uh, I mean, he's gone where the Czech is, and he has been the villain or the opponent in a lot of other foreign places against the hometown or the home country guy, right? He's just, I mean, his, his disposition, when you watch him, he's like, you
0: don't know if he's up by five rounds or down by five rounds, he's not, you know, he doesn't give anything away, he seems like a pretty calm, uh, poised guy. I've uh, been doing this a long time. This just to me, anyway, another day at the office, whether it's in Australia. I saw actually something on his Twitter where while he was in Australia getting ready for this fight, he visited their version of SeaWorld. So he's not cooped <laughs> up in his hotel room. You know, he's embracing the local culture. Uh, you know, there's levels to this game, as they say. Yep. If Obataya
1: wins, good for him, but it'll be to me a big upset. All right. So he hasn't been swimming with Shamu. Uh, we'll find out there if, if it means anything for previous. All right, so later in the day, prime time in the U.K., Saturday afternoon in the U.S., the return of heavyweight Joe Joyce, WBO number one ranked contender. It's not the fight we thought we were going to get with Joseph Parker, which would have been a much more intriguing fight. Parker has now come off of this fight and has signed with a different promotion. So it does not look like, from everything I have seen, uh, and watching the press conference that the Parker fight's even going to be rescheduled at this point, who knows no So way. now. So now the replacement opponent is Christian hammer, a longtime journeyman veteran steps in with Joyce here on about three or four weeks. Notice they're fighting Saturday night in London, Saturday afternoon, us time. What are your thoughts for Joyce, the unbeaten WBO number one guy at heavyweight? Well, first of all, it's not really a replacement because when the Parker fight was still alive, there was some
0: conversation that for scheduling reasons or for, whatever, that that was not going to take place now that they were going to give Joe this tune-up fight and that they would reconvene for the Parker fight in September. But that's not going to happen anyway, most likely because of the reasons you said. So Parker is off now doing his thing with Boxer, the promoter, and fighting on Sky Channel in the UK. And 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 Joe Joyce is doing his thing with Frank Warren on BT Sport, uh, the broadcaster in the UK. Uh, in any event, he hasn't fought for a year. He had An injury that wasn't suffered in his most recent fight, which was the knockout against uh, Carlos Takum, the former world title challenger. But it's happened subsequent to that in the training camp uh, with Ishmael Salas, his trainer. He was training actually in Las Vegas and he suffered the injury. So the fight was uh, whatever his comeback was going to be was put off. So now it's a chance to go back in the ring after a year. He's taken on Christian Hammer, as you mentioned, a a journeyman, uh, but a guy that comes to give a good effort who usually goes some rounds with his opponents. That's what this is about. Keep him fresh as he's sitting there number one for the WBO mandatory challenge. But that fight's a ways away because you've got the champion, which is Joshua. I mean, Usyk taking on Joshua in the rematch. And then the prospect, of course, if the winner of that fight may fight Tyson Fury for the ultimate uh, four belt undisputed unification. Point being is that Joe Joyce is looking at a pretty good weight when he does get his title shot. So he's not going to just sit around and not fight. He's got to earn a living, stay sharp. And this is what that's about. So they found Christian Hammer, uh, a German fighter who's got a lot of losses, but goes rounds. And listen, uh, he's fought everybody. That's the main thing. This is, there'll be a lot to compare it to, because if you look down the roster of the opponents that Christian Hammer has fought in those nine losses, he lost to Tyson Fury. He lost to Frank Sanchez, Alexander Povetkin, Huey Fury, Tony Yoka, Luis King Kong Ortiz, among others. And The two wins of sort of note in his career against David Price, the uh, one-time British Olympic bronze medal winner, uh, who was my former prospect of the year that broke everybody's heart when he kept getting knocked out. And uh, Erkin Tepper, who was a contender for for a minute. uh, But he's fought everybody. And in the end, this is Joe Joyce taking on a journeyman. Uh, He's not even the main event. I don't expect it to go too long. I think this is a guaranteed win for Joyce. It's just a matter of at what point in the fight does he get the knockout. Not not much more to say, frankly.
1: And I agree with you on that. I, I think it's a matter of when he gets it. Uh, Joyce, a big puncher, 12 KOs in his 13 uh, bouts. Again, the wrist thing may be a factor. And you're right. He may he may need some rounds to get acclimated, rust or whatever. He will eventually uh, get to him and, I believe, get the win. But it is interesting. Hammer went the distance with Sanchez, went the distance with King Kong Ortiz, went the distance with Tony Yoka. Can he last the distance here with Joyce we're going to find out, and one more in the preview mode. You and I are in agreement on Joyce. This is not the main event of that BT card. Tell us right. more about that main event, which again is not a world championship fight, but it still has some intrigue on that card.
0: Right, and you know, and, the, and we'll talk about it just because mainly that the folks in America, anyway, can you know, one Britain certainly can watch it on BT Sport, but in the United States, it's on ESPN Plus, and that's the Commonwealth Junior Featherweight Title Match between. Jason Cunningham, and uh, the former world champion in the Bantamweight division, Zolani Teddy, the big puncher from South Africa. But he's a little long in the tooth. He's fighting outside of his optimum weight, challenging for that belt, but familiar to the British fans because he has fought several times in the UK. Uh, not the best chin in the world, uh, but somewhat of an interesting fight, an opportunity for, for Cunningham to get a good name on his record, an opportunity for, for Teddy to make a comeback. And uh, again, for a holiday weekend with not a lot going on, I'm down for it. It's uh, At least there's some action, some interesting fights, whether it's Joyce, whether it's this main event with Cunningham and Tete, who's always been in exciting fights, so even when he got knocked out, or even the other fight that we discussed with the the Cruiserweight title fight.
1: All right, so that's the card, again, from Queensbury Promotions. Frank Warren's outfit, you know him, most associated with Tyson Fury, but this is his promotional outfit, their fight. Can Joyce get himself, especially with a big-time knockout, can Joyce get him some buzz going again where he's kind of in line 2023 to get a title shot we will we will find out like you said get patient because whoever wins joshua usik is likely fighting tyson fury next summer early early next year or next summer so well, i don't about patient. tyson I don't, I don't about don't, tyson
0: fury though because fury unless I get too, too, too far ever They'd have to be an undisputed fight. And Joyce is the WBO mandatory, which Correct. is the winner of uh, Joshua. And, I was uh,
1: meaning that Joyce has to wait for Tyson Fury to fight the winner of Joshua and Usyk. Oh yeah. And that's not going to happen until early 2023 at the earliest, probably maybe, maybe like January, February. So depending on how long all of that takes, it's going to be at least next summer or later before you're getting a title shot. If you're Joe Joyce, but still you want to be impressive here, get back in the ring. And he's not—he's not youthful. I'm not saying he's old, but he's 36, so the clock is ticking for Joyce because oh, yeah. he got kind of a late start on this. So we'll see what he has. Left in the tank. All right, anything else? Anything else before we're done? We've had a busy podcast here. Uh, we did have debate on the BetUS show about side dishes. Watch the BetUS show. We're not going to go over it here. <laughs> Watch the BetUS TV show, BetUS's app, the BetUS YouTube channel. At the end of our, our show uh, for the Boxing Weekend preview, we went over some side dishes for uh, the July 4th holiday, and Dan will uh, will give you some insight into what he doesn't like. With that. How about that for a tease? Anything else boxing related? Are we good? I think we're good, Daddy O. Uh, once again, however, you found us, thank you for doing so. Rate and review the podcast. Take a screenshot. Tag Dan, tag Big Fight Weekend. of have taken that screenshot. A Haney Cambosis poster is yours later in July. We'll give one away at random for anybody that has rated and reviewed the podcast through Apple Podcast. We'll give away that poster later for anybody that's done it since the beginning of January. I'm sorry, the beginning of June. Let me get my months straight. The beginning of June, since we started the contest for the hat, uh, and the hat is being given away to one of you that rated and reviewed it. Uh, we want to be good to anybody that's rated and reviewed Homer, it since right? June. Homer got it. Hello, Homer. Uh, Congratulations. Homer. we're going to send him the hat and Homer. You got to do this for us too. Cause I'm going to contact Homer as well. You got to take a picture with the hat, put it on your head or hold it up or whatever. And we're going to put that out on, on social media as well. The Tyson Holyfield hat from 1996, uh, is yours. We're sending that to him and they're going to get a Haney Cambosis poster. Somebody at random will get that if they rate us and review us and take the screenshot and send it to us. Thank you for doing so on that. And, we, we're not too proud to bribe. We're going to bribe. By the way, if they want
0: to see what the Haney kambosas poster mm-hmm. looks like,
1: they could probably just Google the, the you know Google Haney kambosas
0: poster, or they could just go on my uh, Twitter and just scroll back to a couple of weeks ago.
1: And I, I put a picture up when I uh, when I acquired the, the Dan Rayfield Museum that's coming. will have that poster up in it at some point with all your different merch. Well, you know, I have to so, you tell a few you've got you've got like 10,000 items conservatively. You've got 5,000, 10,000 items. 10, Posters or items in general. Items, total memorabilia.
0: What do you? What oh, do you definitely have?
1: more than ten thousand. Wow. I got yeah, almost
0: I have... five. I got about five thousand posters alone. Wow. Another three thousand programs. So I definitely. you are talking 10, about 000.
1: different ones, not duplicates. Different fight posters. No, That's no. Incredible. The
0: total, the total number of posters around five thousand definitely includes duplicates. Okay. But you would still say a lot at least a
1: thousand fights. Oh, definitely. Wow. No doubt about it. Easily. Incredible collection. So you'll get a piece of that collection.
0: We notice. might have to do
1: a podcast about that at some point, but uh, oh, absolutely! I, I get
0: asked all the time from people like they want a tour. The, the <laughs> tour would be kind of boring because of the way that they're stored. It's not like I have—I mean, I have a, a nice big house, but it's not like I've covered every square inch of the walls with the posters and the and the, and the frames and stuff. I don't think my wife would appreciate that. I understand, but uh, you've,
1: got, you've got the bunker, and I see some of the stuff every time I'm talking to you. But we got to get the museum going. We got to get the Rayfield Museum collection <laughs> going with all the stuff.
0: But I do put up I put up pictures and stuff of a, on a regular basis of of items on my uh Twitter account on my Instagram and people can certainly check it out so there. So
1: one more on that because the twins are now big into this for workout reasons. They're getting boxing gloves sent to them because it was their birthday earlier this week for boxing aerobic workouts, you know, like uh you know j- just getting good exercise in. Do you have a collection of autographed boxing gloves? I've not seen you promote that. No. You have not really? You don't have autographed gloves? I mean I have gloves. like
0: over the course of my 20 plus years in the business, you know, do I have a couple of gloves that are signed over the years? Yes, I do. You know, maybe three or four. Wow. I have, I have like the the prize one that was a gift from my father-in-law several years ago uh, with a beautiful letter of authenticity. And I know it's real because I've had it looked at. Uh and that's a, a, a dual sign glove by Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Wow. Which is pretty cool. And not, uh, a lot you know, of
1: them. not a lot of them,
0: huh? No, like a couple, I mean a few, but I've never really been into that. It takes up a lot of space. Number one, if you have too many of them. Um, And uh, so my, my great love in terms of what I collect has always been programs, posters and cards.
1: Cool.
0: And uh, not to mention all the videos I've collected, DVDs and and, and VHS over the years, but in terms of the things that are actual memorabilia, definitely the cards, the programs and the posters, but the posters, it's like, I sometimes think I need an intervention. (laughs) And you're
1: looking at me while you're saying that. I don't know if I get to participate in that right now, but it's still a great collection. And there's no doubt he's going to part with one of the posters. And you, you listening, you could win. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot. Tag Dan's Twitter. Tag the Big Fight Weekend Twitter. We'll have record of it all right my friend have a great fourth of july weekend enjoy the fireworks in the ring the fireworks on monday we will have a fright freaks unite recap podcast coming off the weekend i can't say for sure when that will be dan and i will work that out again if you're subscribing on the podcast feed you'll get it automatically without us having to even prompt you on social media or whatever you'll get it uh so fight freaks unite coming off the weekend we're always here fridays previewing the fights throughout the fights uh seasons and weeks on fridays look for us Uh, on the Big Fight Weekend preview. Dan Rayfield, have a great weekend. Happy 4th. All right, you too, my man. Talk to you later. For the audience, thank you as well. Thank you for finding us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, for all the great content with the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed. Read the site, bigfightweekend.com for the previews and the recaps of the fight, the news, and much more. For Dan Rayfield, I'm TJ Reeves. Happy 4th of July. Bye.